Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Good morning, Grace Avenue Church. Merry Christmas. How are you? Feeling good? Worship was incredible. Pressing into the presence of Jesus this morning. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Josh Engler, and um, I'm on the pastoral staff here at Grace Avenue Church. My wife was up here with the curly hair, Ashley, and uh, we've been a part of woo, we've been a part of Grace Avenue for um, a long time since 2010, and so we've seen uh, the church grow through many stages, uh, many phases and uh, many buildings, and um, from living rooms to movie theaters to uh, one office complex with leaky roofs and air conditioners that didn't work very well, and praise God that he delivers the children of his, his people out of bondage and into promised lands. So uh, we're, we're kind of in the wilderness right now, I think. We're, we're roaming around, you know, a couple more years. We're between, we're between, yeah, slavery and freedom. And so, um, it's good, it's good. If you don't know the days of, of 10, 12 people sitting on couches in the living room, um, you're not missing much. No, I'm just saying, um, it was, you know, it's, it, it is awesome, though, to see something grow from, from seed phase into uh, planting and work and, and harvest. And so, y'all are uh, a product of the harvest of a lot of people who've put in week after week, year after year, and prayed and, and labored. And so um, enjoy the harvest this morning. It's Christmas 2021. Whether you thought about this moment, it, it was coming or not, um, you're here, and God has you here for a reason. He loves you enough that he did something in your life and put someone in your life to invite you to be here this morning. And so I believe he has a word to speak to our hearts today. I'm excited to be able to deliver that. I want to honor our pastor and say thank you for giving me the opportunity. Uh, this is quite an honor and a privilege to stand here to open the word with you all and, and to hear what the Lord may speak to us today. So Pastor Daniel uh, opened up the Christmas series, Messiah, last week with the idea and the, and the concept of anticipation and kind of gave us an, an outline of what the children of Israel were going through for years and generations of of a, a future hope, an anticipation of a future hope, a future Messiah. And so that was week one. Uh, week two today is the idea of the announcement, the immaculate announcement, um, when the angel shows up and speaks about the Messiah coming on to the scene. And so we're going to get right into it because there's a lot of um, content to, to go through in a quick amount of time. So let's do this. And if I'm talking too fast, just shout amen a little bit louder. So, um, and I'll know to hurry up. All right. Um, so when we, when we think about announcements, uh, right, most of us think that announcements are information, things that we need to hear. Um, it's, it's something that the, the group uh, of people, the collective of people need to know about our, our particular community. At the end of service, Pastor John's going to give some announcements and uh, pay attention to those because those are important. But when, when we're talking about announcements this morning, they're not just a, a, a birth or a, a wedding or a funeral or an engagement um, or, or anything like life event related. Um, 
it's, it's really, we're going to be looking at how God makes an announcement. And that's what our insight is for this morning. How many of y'all know what a PSA is, right? You ever heard of a PSA? Yeah, a pastoral service announcement. And that's what I have for you this morning is a pastoral service announcement. So let's go to Luke chapter 1. The birth of John the Baptist foretold. And we're going to look at two announcements real quick. And then we're going to kind of dissect those and find ourselves in these announcements, I I pray. So uh, verse 5, Luke chapter 1, it says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. So what's happening here is, is, is the writer Luke is kind of uh, building a case study for these two individuals, maybe to prove um, how close they were to the Lord, to give us some backstory on what comes next. And so uh, we're, we're looking at Zechariah, who's a priest. Um, he's, in this moment, he's um, going to the temple because he was up for rotation. It was his time to speak. <laughs> it was his time to preach. And so he was up there, and he was helping to facilitate worship. Um, and so that's why he was there. And then uh, verse 7, it says, after it's told us who they are, it says, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Have you thought about or considered how many times throughout the Old Testament we hear about barren women, women who are not able to give birth? And often it's as if the whole population or the whole promise and purpose of the children of Israel hinges upon one womb and the ability for this one woman to give birth. And it seems like she's gone her whole entire life and God waits until the very last minute, possible minute, to give the, the, the fulfillment of a promise. So it says they were childless. Elizabeth was not able to conceive. Um, there's a few other stories in the Bible. We remember Abraham and Sarah, you know, God's chosen uh, people to carry forth. And God had given Abraham a promise. You will be the father of many nations, and yet he has a barren wife. Um, Hannah, the mother of Samuel, is praying um, for a son. And she says, Lord, if you give me a son, I'm going to do so much as to give him back to you. And so uh, she ends up taking her son Samuel, the fulfillment of her promise, and giving him back to the Lord. And he ends up resetting the temple because the priests that were in the temple at that time um, had defiled the temple. And then here we see Elizabeth in this story, and she is not able to bear a child. Did you know, if you think about it, did you know that your children are a big deal to God? Amen? The future generation is a big deal to God. But have you also considered that your parents' children are a big deal to God? Come on. Come on. See what I did there? I think, because I, I, I know us, I know, our, our, I know in our humanity we become our worst critic, and we begin to tell ourselves God could not possibly have the best in mind for me. But I know if I just get my kids in church, you know, if I just get my kids into church, into youth ministry, then God will fulfill his promise in their lives. But I, we, we, we kind of, we find a line for ourselves where we're like, the purpose of God can't get past what I have already done. And we lose the fact that God is just as passionate about me and you as he is our offspring. Let's go to, um, that'll be key later. Keep that in mind. Um, 
Let's go to verse 8, and then we've got a lot to read right here. We're going to get through a lot. So once when Zechariah's division was on duty, so he was a priest, right? He was called up to the temple. He was serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by lot, so they would, like, cast lots or dice or something. Um, That sounds spiritual. According to the custom of the priesthood, they would do this all the time. They would be like, all right, who's going to draw the short straw? And you get to lead this week. And so that's what they would do. And it says, and when the time for the burning of incense came, and since he had drawn the short straw, all the assembled worshipers were outside praying, and uh, Zechariah goes in to fulfill the priestly duties. It says then, in verse 11, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. So very similar to what we're doing this morning, right? Uh, Zechariah is a priest. He's going into the temple, the church, and he's helping the people worship the Lord. He's carrying their incense offering to the Lord. And the way that looks uh, in today's age this morning was our incense offering was our worship, right? Did you bring any incense this morning? Did you offer any incense to the Lord this morning through worship? Um, side note. But, hey, if, if Pastor Courtney was on the keyboard right here, he's leading us in worship. All of a sudden, boom, an angel appears um, and begins to speak to him and interrupts his worship. How dare he? Um, we've got a program, right? There's something happening right, right now. We've got something to deliver to the Lord. Things happen here. And an angel of God, sent by God, just interrupts the whole thing. I wonder how often we're ready for an interruption when we think we're giving God our best, but yet he's like, hey, I'm just going to break in because it's all about me anyway, right? It's all for me. It's all through me. It's all by me. So in the middle of your song, when you think you're about to hit, you know, the pinnacle point, man, the people are really going to get it on this chorus, boom, an angel shows up. Dang it. Kill the track. All right. We're done. Then God starts to speak, and, he, and through, the, through the voice of the angel, he says words that Zechariah was probably not, he was probably not expecting the angel, and he was probably not expecting to hear what the angel had said, is about to say. He said, your prayer has been heard. Your wife will bear a son, and you will call him John. Verse 14, he will be a joy and delight to you. I'm going to start claiming this over my children a little bit more. He will be a joy and and delight to you, not wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning, not throw up in the car on the way to school. He didn't say any of that. Just a joy and a delight. All of those moments, or maybe all of those moments are joy and delight. All right. We got to recalibrate our parenthood. Um, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never take to wine or a fermented drink. So he'll be consecrated to the Lord. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. Even before he's born, he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in spirit and power, in the spirit and power of Elijah, similar to the anointing of Elijah, to turn the hearts of parents to their children, the disobedient to the wisdom of righteousness, to make people ready and prepared for the Lord. Yeah, I'm just reading the the Bible right here. So this is good. Zechariah asked the angel. Okay, so here's here's where it turns. So he's a priest, and he's facilitating the worship of the people. An angel shows up, speaks, your prayer has been heard. And then he says, how can I be sure? (laughs) I'm an old man. 
And he, he's very kind to his wife because he just says, and my wife is well along in years. <laughs> so they've been married a while. Um, and he knows what to, not to say. Um, even outside of her presence because it will get back to her. Um, the, the angel says to him pretty confidently, okay, so the angel is just, he kind of, I, I think it was, it was pretty instantaneous. He goes, I am Gabriel. Like, you, you know who I am, right? I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. I mean, there was just no backpedaling with this angel. You know, he was like, the fact that I'm right here is proof enough that God's going to do what he's going to do. Meanwhile, the people were waiting with, uh, for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed in the temple so long. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but was what remained unable to speak. It's like the first mime. You know, Zechariah was the very first mime. His mind was completely blown, and he was trapped inside of the, this ability, inability to, to communicate. And so he had to use hand gestures and signs and keep pointing back to the temple, you know. How do you make angel? It's like the first game of gestures, you know. It's like... How do you do it? Nobody had ever done angel before. So <laughs> when his time of service at the temple was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. And for five months, she remained in seclusion and said, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Um, being able to carry on your generation was a really big deal um, at this time. And not being able to have a child came with a lot of shame and a lot of disgrace. And so God removed that off of her life uh, because of her husband's prayer. And I think that's so beautiful and so powerful. Um, we're going to dive into that a little bit more later. Um, let's go on to verse 26. So that was the first announcement. Gabriel comes and he makes the first announcement right here to Zechariah and Elizabeth. That they're going to have John the Baptist. And... That's also a big deal because nobody else in their family is named John, if you read about his story. And so the fact that they're going to name their son without a name that is, represents anyone in the family is, is very odd. And it only had to be the Lord. So let's go to verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and showed up in the middle of the day, and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great, be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. Quite a lot packed into Gabriel's announcement to Mary here. And then Mary asked the question, similar to Zechariah, how will this be since I am a virgin? The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. 
even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And, sh and she who was unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. So here's her response, right? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So I want to I break these two announcements down. That's what we're talking about today, the announcement, the immaculate announcement. We have two different characters. We have Zechariah, who's this priest. Um, he's in the temple. He's helping facilitate the worship. Um, some would say Zechariah was close to God, and we even see that case presented to us in the first few verses, right? That Zechariah walked closely with God. He would go into the Lord's presence and present the incense. Mary is kind of the opposite or, or a completely different character. Um, and her announcement is special in the fact that she hadn't been praying for children at all. You know, she was quite ahead of that schedule. And without being married, in her culture, that actually comes with shame. To be, to conceive without having a marriage and, and um, not moving forward. And so I don't know how many children Joseph and Mary were thinking about having in their life. They, had, they probably had, had talked maybe about the future, what their family was going to look like. And all of a sudden, two people... Completely different settings. You know, Mary, she's, she's maybe the middle of her teens or something. And so she might have just finished her homework or uh, cleaned her room, you know, or been sent to her room. Um, we don't know. And then all of a sudden, an angel interrupts her life, just like an angel interrupted Zechariah's life. And so God announces things. We can see this already. God announces things into our, our lives maybe when we're not uh, quite expecting it, or ready for it, or it's not the the, the perfect moment, you know. Um, God knows how to break into wherever we are, and however many things we've put between us and him and his word into our lives, he's just going to show up and he's going to speak. And so I believe that that's going to happen to somebody this morning, wherever you are, however many layers you've put between you and the word that's about to come from the Lord um, he's just going to show up. He's just going to speak because he loves us so much this morning. So she answers, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be done to me. So two different characters. An angel shows up. There's a reaction, right? Both of them are afraid. And then there's a response. So Zechariah's response is that um, he is he's doubtful in disbelief. And I don't know how that could be because the angel is clearly there speaking on behalf of the Lord. And Zechariah is a priest, and he should know better. And he still doesn't see that God is speaking. He should know that God is, is powerful enough to move. And yet Mary, a young girl who um, was not expecting the Lord to show up, maybe has more of a, a tender heart and is more open and ready to receive the word of the Lord in her life. And so she says, let's go. Like, okay, if this is God's plan for me, let's go. My questions, though, about Zechariah, I go back to Zechariah's prayer because I think this is a really powerful um, idea to hinge upon. Because for those of us who are, who are not young with tender hearts and we've been on in life a little bit, I won't say old, I'll just say well along in years, like Zechariah said. Um, for those of us, you know, my questions about Zechariah's prayer is how long? How long had he been praying? Right? How long had he been asking the Lord for Elizabeth to be able to conceive a son? How long had that dream been inside of his heart? And had he remained faithful to it? 
or had he given up along the way? Were there times where he said, okay, God, you know, this is my 1,000th prayer, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift it up, but, you know, you haven't come through yet. And had he, had he felt that sense of it's probably not going to happen, you know, had he lost passion at some point in his life, or did he remain faithful all the way through? Because what we don't consider when we read, just reading through that, you know, it's Christmas time. We're all going to open up the book of Luke, right? And we're all going to read through the Christmas story, right? Um, we're not just going to read the, the book of elves, and we're not just going to read the book, the book of Santa Claus. We're going to read about the, the Savior of the world. Um, I believe it. I believe it. I believe in you. Um, but when we just, when we just uh, you know, go through that, we, we just graze through it, and we, we read it, we don't consider the fact that his prayer is connected to our lives right now. The fact that Zechariah remained faithful and prayed that his wife would have a son impacts you and I today, right now. And I think that's what was powerful about Pastor Daniel's message last week about anticipation is because it gave us an idea into the history that we're connected to in our faith. That in, in our day and age and our American ideals and societies, we all want to feel like we're just cowboys running around with two guns and whatever I want to do, I get to do and nobody can tell me different. My life is just about me and nobody else. You know, we got to hear Chris's message um, um, a couple weeks ago as well about generational mindset. And I have to link this back all the way to a man who was in the temple, a priest of the Lord, and he remained faithful even though a lifelong of barrenness was his reality. And he was praying diligently. How many times had he brought the incense of the people into the Lord to offer that up to the Lord and say, God, you're answering other people's prayers. Will you hear mine? One day, maybe, will you hear my prayer? And John the Baptist is not the Messiah, right? Jesus is the Messiah. But John was the one who was to come and prepare the way and to prepare the hearts and to bring people back to God so that they were ready to see when Jesus, the Messiah, came on the scene. And so his life has so much meaning. His life has so much purpose. Here's my first point today. When God makes an announcement, it's not information, it's transformation. You can write that down. When God makes an announcement, it's not information, it's transformation. It's going to change it's going to change something about you and something about your world. Because here's what happened is that God heard Zechariah's prayer and he fulfilled Zechariah's prayer and their lives were never the same. Now they're talked about for generations and generations to come. Before that, he was just one of the priests. None of the other priests are named in this passage. Just Zechariah. Why? Because he remained faithful and God heard his prayer 
And God said, because of your faithfulness, I'll fulfill the promise. And now your offspring will talk about you and your legacy will remain for thousands and thousands of years. And one day people at Grace Avenue Church at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning are going to remember that you were faithful and that I fulfilled, I heard your prayer and fulfilled a promise in your life. That's transformation. His life was never the same after that. Elizabeth's shame and disgrace was removed from her life. She could walk through the city and hold her head high because God had shown favor to her and given her a gift and a promise and the fulfillment of that. So Mary, on the flip side, she's not asking for a child, and God comes and, and tells her, I've, I have, you have found favor in my sight. The gift of an announcement in someone's life means that you will never be the same again. Romans uh, chapter 4, verse 17 says at the end, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. That's the God that we serve. How can he do that? How can he change someone's life with an announcement? Uh, it's because his words are the words of the creator. We have to realize that God spoke. He announced all of this into being in the first place. It was his voice that started it all. So it's his voice that holds it all together. Has God stopped creating? I have that question for you this morning. If you're taking notes, write that question down. Has God stopped creating? Has he stopped doing something new today? I don't think he has. I think God is still speaking and his words will never fail. I have a story to tell you this morning. And um, it was when I was a teenager, kind of like Mary. I was dreaming about being married. And um, I liked this girl a lot. That's a side note. That's actually not a part of my, my uh, story. But anyway, it happened and I got married. So I'm excited about that. But anyway, <laughs> 16 years almost now, 15 and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was a teenager, there was a pastor that came to our church. This is where Ashley and I, we, we met, we married, we were leading worship in our youth group. Um, and, and we would be a part of the adult, uh, the main service worship teams as well. And so I got to interact with her a lot. And so that, that was cool because I was a teenage boy and, and uh, she was my crush. And so I was like, yeah, let's lead worship together all the time. And um, every time the church doors are open, I'll be there. You're there too, right? And, um, and uh, so I was a teenager. We had this thing once a year called Missions Conference. And so all the missionaries that our church supported from around the world, they would come and they would get to talk about their mission. And so they would give us an update, a yearly update about where they were at and what God had done. And then raise funds uh, to go back out for another year. And they would get uh, those who would, who would, you know, contribute to them and support them on this missions conference. And so there was a very well-known Spanish worship uh, leader, recording artist, and, and, and pastor, preacher, who would come in. And some of y'all might know him. His name is Marcos Witt. And so he would come into our uh, missions conference once a year, and he would preach and lead worship for us. And so this, this particular year, my youth pastor grabbed me and my friends, um, just my guy friends, though, um, and he pulled all of us up, up to the front, and he said, I want, I want Marcos to pray for you guys. I want him to pray over your lives. And so we said, yeah, that's cool. And so he started to pray for us, 
and it was mostly, you know, God, I thank you for these young men, what you've, you've called them to do in their lives. And then he kind of paused and he said, I feel like the Lord's giving me an image, um, a, a, a visual of something that's coming in your future. I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to share this with you. I see, I see stages. I see sound systems. I see wires. I see y'all uh, getting on planes and flying to other countries and um, spreading the gospel and lifting people's spirits up through, through the music that you're about to write. And what he didn't know is that we had just gone from being the worship ministry, the worship team for the youth group, and, and we had created and formed um, a band. And so we were excited about it, um, but it was in the, in the seed stage. It was in the baby stage. And when he, when he prophesied this to us, it was an announcement of the Lord. And it, it, God's words are powerful. And so when he spoke that into our lives, we, we were, you know, kind of taken back, uh, like, how can that happen? You know, we're, we're just here in San Antonio. You know, we're just playing for the youth group. Um, I don't even know if we had played at Splashtown yet. Um, I can't even remember. We, we, had done, we had done one Spanish parade downtown on the back of a flatbed trailer. It was, like a, it was like a 7 by 14 flatbed trailer, and we were being pulled behind a truck. And uh, it was kind of funny. Our drummer lost his drumstick one, at one point, and a Shriner in those little cars, like, came up and picked it up and brought it back up to him so that he could keep playing. We were so poor, he only had one pair of drumsticks. So uh, he, he was, like, trying to play with, with one hand, you know, um, like Def Leppard. Um, and so he had to get the other drumstick, and, and so he could finish the set. And, but when, when God spoke this into our lives, we're thinking about all the things that, that were currently going on in our lives, right? The youth group ministry, worship, uh, the fact that we just started, uh, the fact that our songs were terrible, um, and we knew it, you know, and we were like, we were like, okay, God, if this is your promise, you're going to have to do something. We need a miracle because these songs aren't getting us to airplanes and inter international touring. That's for sure. My wife can attest to that. But you know what? She had so much faith. My, you know, to Ashley's credit, she had so much faith. They even made T-shirts that said, I'm with the band and all that. Uh, yeah, it was really cute. I think we have that picture somewhere still. She still has the shirt. Okay. Post that on social media after church today. Um, but it, it, was, it was in seed form, and that's what I'm trying to, you know, get us to understand today, is that God spoke our future when we were still in our current reality. And I want us to, to, to consider this morning that our current circumstances are trying to deny the power of God in our hearts, in our minds, and in our spirits. Because we're seeing what's happening right now because we're constrained in time and space in this moment and our our eyes are we have blinders on to our our moment but the lord the creator of it all sees from beginning to end and so god is just as much in your future as he is right now and so he calls things that are not as though they are and his word never fails you're getting a little bit of an idea of how the Lord's voice works. Point number two, when God speaks an announcement in your life, if it's too big for you to believe, it's probably God. 
If you have to ask the question, just like Zechariah and just like Mary, how's it going to happen? Okay, maybe I believe it, but how's it going to happen? That's probably God. Are you dreaming big enough this morning? Is the announcement in your life big enough this morning? What did Mary ask after the announcement? She said, how will this be? Zechariah asked, how will this be? And if you have to ask that question, it's probably God. That kind of faith makes my toes tingle a little bit because it's like standing on the edge of Faith Canyon and looking down at, whoa, this is bigger than me. And I think that's the, the power of the announcement of God in our lives is he gives us a glimpse of something that's bigger than ourselves. And we have to check, wait a second. Is my faith aligned with the faith that God has in my life? His word will never fail. Don't let your circumstances deny the power of God in your life. There's a few things that I want us to take away today. God speaks. He speaks into our lives. Maybe we're not expecting it at the moment, and it could come as a surprise. But the angel said, don't be afraid. So we don't need to fear when the Lord drops a bomb on us and our lives completely change. Because if it's his will, that's what we should want. We have a design for our own lives, and often that's what we're trying to work out because that's what we can see and that's what we can believe. But God wants to shatter our expectations most of the time and say, I've made you for more. I've created you for a purpose. Wherever you've come from, whatever you've done this morning, can't stop my word in your life. It's going to happen. Our response is important. Zechariah's disbelief had consequences. God said, shut up. (laughs) Don't tell me that what I have spoken into your life is not going to come to pass. Don't tell me that what I have planned for you is not going to happen because my word never fails. We see that in, in, in the Bible. Jonah had consequences for not believing, right? God said, go. And he said, I don't think so. And he got to smell fish from the inside out. And that's worse than the other way. Um, here's the fourth thing. The fulfillment of his announcement in our lives probably won't look like the way we've envisioned it. Even when we hear it, if we, you know, when, when, when I heard, when me and my friends heard airplanes and international travel and stages and lights and all of that, I don't, it was not, I, I did not have in my mind and in my heart the actual stages that we ended up walking on, the actual planes that we ended up taking. I was thinking private jets, but we had to fly commercial. (laughs) So God will also humble you in your dreams as well. I thought, oh, yeah, baby, first class or private jets. This is going to be good. But God said, no, you're going to be a little bit more like Jesus because he didn't have a place to lay his head. So we slept in a van for eight years and uh, but got to see God do a lot of Amazing things. Thousands of students came to the Lord through our ministry. And so he'll give you a dream. He'll announce something into your life. And it may not 
fulfill itself the way that you initially have in your mind. So be open for God to grow it. Be open for God to open up the doors and watch him, not your circumstances. Pastor Daniel, when they were starting the church, um, had another pastor tell him about the dream that was in his heart. He said, you're going to get there, but it's not going to look like the way that you think. That, that idea, that concept, that truth has ministered to me a lot through the years. You're going to get there, but it may not look the way that you think. Point number three, our lives are the announcement of his love to the world around us. And this is the importance. Matthew 5, 14 says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. The band can go ahead and come back up right now. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. That's what the announcement of God does in our lives. It's like he gives us a lightning bolt to hold on to. If you can picture that. We're standing on a hilltop. We're the light of the world, a representation of the Messiah, the fulfillment of the hope for generations and generations and generations who came and went and came and went before Jesus came on the scene. And what's sad about it is that when he came on the scene, they didn't even recognize it was the fulfillment of their hope. And God is wanting us this morning to consider what he's spoken into our lives that we may not recognize as his announcement, as his words, as the the creator of, of the universe breathed into our lives. You may be holding it now and time has removed your connection from it. And your circumstances are trying to deny the power of God that's already in your life, that's been given into your heart, into your hands. All of us are uniquely wired by the Lord. That's part of his announcement in our lives is that he made us unique. He's given us a personality. He's given us a gift set. You can put two people on the same task, and one of them is going to kill it. The other one's going to kill it. You give, you give a plant to two different people, and one of them's going to make that thing grow, and one of them's going to kill it. We're all gifted uniquely. God has wired us with specific contributions to the world around us, specific anointings, specific announcements. Mary was just one teenage girl who found favor with the Lord. And as a good father, he knew his his child Mary would say, Lord, let's do it. Would you stand with me this morning in conclusion? Whether you're here today and you know you know the announcement that's on your life or you don't. I believe that this Messiah series is a gift to all of our lives to help us see what God is doing in 
the world right now. We are at such a unique place in history. Though wars and trials and things have come before in the past, you and I have walked through a worldwide pandemic that's still being worked out. You and I have walked through racial tension that's still being worked out. You and I are at a really critical place in history. And today God is reminding us he's still speaking and his word will never fail. And I want to pray over our lives today that this won't just be 30 minutes of being stirred emotionally, of, of a new concept that was dropped onto our minds, of, but it will be the start of a lifelong acceptance of the call of God and the announcement that transforms our lives. Whatever you walked in this morning, that's a layer between you and the fulfillment of the purposes of God. I just encourage you right now, if you would close your eyes, if you would surrender, if you would lay, raise your hands, whatever you have to do to lay it down. Let's be, let's be merry. When God's announcement hits us, let's be merry and not Zechariah, a lifelong of prayer. And yet when God says, I'm here to fulfill the promise, we doubt and we have a hesitation to grab a hold of it. But, but Mary, with her purity of heart, yes. is able to say, God, let's go. Let's go. God, unwind, I pray this morning right now, for your church, for your people. Remove the layers of doubt that we've put over your promise throughout the years in our lives and, and over our hearts um, that, that have covered over our ability to just respond with a yes, to just respond with a God, let's go, to just respond with, Lord, do it. I am your servant. Do unto me as your word has said. And I pray, God, that you administer to your people right now as we surrender in Jesus' name. For a few seconds, why don't y'all just spend time with the Lord right now and say, God, come, speak, do it. I accept it. I'm here for you. I want it. I want it. I'm Mary right now in Jesus' name. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.